Let's talk about debt, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about debt. Well, today we are taking it way back. I mean, all the way back to college days here. So I have such great stories and memories with you, Cindy. And I just want to briefly introduce you to our audience because I know for a lot of people, this will be the first time ever being introduced to you. But Cindy has had 20 years experience in really opening up conversations and around probably what I feel like is one of the biggest reasons for divorce, which is sexual intimacy. And I know it's very similar for the finance conversations. And so I think that that's why you and I, even when we discussed what these conversations and what creating these spaces look like for people, you gave me so much advice around like really just going in and and being vulnerable and creating the space and telling your own story. So I am so excited to have you on here today. Um, What most people won't know is that we went to college together. And actually, Cindy and I experienced our first college job together. Do you remember that? Oh, no, no, no. Unfortunately and fortunately, I do. (laughs) So I do have to share this because it just really is the heart behind, like you do start, like everybody starts somewhere. Um, And so our start, our story, you know, even though we have all the success now, it started in what is called Ryan's Steakhouse. And, but we called it, what was the name? Ryan's Hope. Ryan's Hope. Because it was a little bit like a soap opera. And in fact, I can remember how excited we were about getting a job. And we were so proud to tell our parents, we've done it. We have gotten a job at college. And I can remember the first day we were all geared up to go in thinking we were going to wait tables or meet people when they come in to eat at the restaurant until the manager said, you two are going to work the salad bar. (laughs) And that was the moment. Right. Yeah. We literally were like deer in headlights, but those are some of my favorite memories from college because I don't think I had a job that I laughed as much as I did in the cooler. Unbelievable. Yes, in the cooler. In the cellar. It was cooler. unbelievable. <laughs> yes. So I am so just honored and thrilled to now, 30 years later, be sitting at a table across from you. I know you've had so much success in this area with dealing with individuals on a personal basis. You've been in direct sales for a very long time. Um, But to now be able to help other people in debt and come alongside with the Life After Debt team, I just am so encouraged and excited. So welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I want to say, you know, you've already kind of given some history on our relationship, but I really, really appreciate this opportunity and, and I'm grateful to be here. So thank you, Amber. Yeah. Yes. We're honored. So if you would, you know, I talk about this because it is such a big deal in the day and age we live in, you know, people struggling with finances is a beast on its own, but you know, it, the two top reasons for divorce being sexual intimacy and finances. And so I know from my perspective, when I sit down at the table and you see one, a wife who is very aware of how much debt there is, but the husband who has no clue, I'm assuming it's very similar in your world. Very similar. And with it being the top two reasons for divorce, you and I could talk for days about this. For 20 years, I've talked to women um, about intimacy. And then there's always the underlying part of finances that we don't discuss. 
but mm-hmm. it is something that truly affects um, a woman's libido because we were created as women to feel protected, provided mm-hmm. for. And I know in this day and age, women work a lot. No, I'm not saying anything bad about that because I'm a business owner. But at, at the same time, there's a fear um, that we have that we something else I think that we take on that men don't. Men's fears are different, but it just, it's a crippling. It can be very crippling uh, for women, their sex drive, as well as their finances. Well, it's interesting you say that because as you were speaking, I was thinking back to when Ryan and I went through our financial calamity. And as a married couple with five kids, that's enough stress as it is, but you add that financial piece on top. And it's like, I didn't even want to be in this. I I was so stressed out all the time of trying to figure out how we were going to make ends meet that having any type of intimacy whatsoever was next to impossible, right? Yes, it's, it is. And, and a lot of women know, and, and a lot of women don't know that our brain is our largest sex organ. So for us as women, if it's not happening up here on a general day, it is not mm-hmm. happening in the yeah. genitalia. Do you see what I'm saying? So right. when you are taking on the financial stress of everything, it is the, with the brain being the large sex organ. You had five kids. You had just you know a teens to, to take care of. Right. Um, and I've talked to women with kids and all of that stuff. And then you throw finances into it. It's overwhelming and it's almost crippling to think. Yeah, I I want to I want to have sex tonight. I want to be intimate. It's just not even a thought right. in your mind. Um, yeah. Well, and you can see how destructive that can be on a relationship and lead you down a path of divorce, which. You know, I'm I'm a firm believer. I mean, I always tell people all the time, I don't think marriage starts when you say I do. I just don't. I believe marriage starts when you actually walk through what is for some the most difficult season of their life and you make it to the other side. That's when your marriage starts. And I can truly say that about my relationship with Ryan, you know, we have not always had seasons of coming up roses, even though people from the outside world and even your life, you know this, everybody from the outside world will look in and say, well, they've had it great. Everything's been perfect, but that's not the case. And so, you know, being able to stick with it and walk to the other side of that, I believe that's when marriage starts. And even the intimacy piece, Cindy, being open and honest and communicating to me is the biggest form of intimacy there is. Would you agree? Oh, 110%. Um, my best friend's husband, let me see if I can get it right, but he would talk about clear, like, or unmet clear, or unclear, un- unmet or unclear expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they form the biggest part of resentment or bitterness. And so when we don't communicate about what it is that we want or need uh, sexually or in any part of our life, we get what they give us. And so if we don't discuss our finances, if we don't discuss, you know, all the intimate topics, anything, um, anything in general, it's just this simmering resentment that just sits there because it's not discussed. And that that can kill a marriage. It does. It really boils down to a breakdown in communication. Yes. What you say? Uh, Oh, God, yeah. I think it's all about communication. Mm -hmm. All of it is about communication. Um, at the end of the day, when you when a woman is able to say, that, well, asking for help is hard, but when, when a woman is able to say, this is where I'm at, mm-hmm. and it's, it has nothing to do with you, but yet it's us, and this is where I'm at. So you're just leveling. I always like to say you're leveling expectations, but communicating good, bad, or indifferent is so important, and that's scary. Yeah. 
And I think too, having a good support group around you of people who create those spaces for you to communicate is so valuable because it's really, really hard sometimes. I think we all hold in this stuff because we think we're the only one experiencing it. And most of the people that I come across with credit card debt, they're too ashamed, right, to share because they think, how stupid of me. I'm the only person that's in this situation. But it's so not the case. And I think that's such a lie that the enemy wants us to think, right? That it's it's just you. It's not everybody else. It's you, right? And so just being vulnerable enough to be that person for others to create a space, which I know you're great at, <laughs> to comfortably share without shame or guilt. Shame or guilt. Yeah. I've been speaking to that. I, I have my own struggle with vulnerability for different issues. And all the more reason now that I, in certain situations, I have to lead with vulnerability. Definitely in working with women. Um, but because that can be a struggle for me, I want to create that safe space. I've yeah. also learned over the years that it's really important that you're sharing with people that have earned the right in your life. Um, that they That's are good. safe people, not just anybody, um, yeah. but somebody that you can, that you feel you can trust, you know, and that I've learned that the hard way. And now, you know, my best friend's mom calls them thumb friends and it may be more than two, but there's those people that you do want to share your vulnerabilities with, but make sure they're people that are safe to you and have earned the right in your life. No, that's a really good piece of advice because even I know I'm always hesitant. One thing we have very much in common is that we're both eights on the Enneagram. <laughs> and, and so, so we're, we're very, on Enneagram. Let's do a podcast about that. I must stop. Which I do want to do at some point in time because I believe every number on the Enneagram oh. has a way that they relate with finances that's completely different. So I do think that's a huge topic. But I just think that like for an eight, we're already non-trusting. We're already like uh, survivors. We're challengers. We we just kind of hold everything inside until we can't, right? It's it's one extreme or the other. And so, but for others, it may be a little more comfortable to share. But I think ours, I know mine, I speak about me, is sometimes the fear of how it's received, mm, right? right? What's the response going to be? And even around finances, and I'm sure around intimacy, Growing up in what I would call a very legalistic type of environment um, is that, you know what, the woman takes care of all the finances or she pays all the bills or she does X. And so she should have a grasp on everything while the man, and I've seen this even in people I talk to where the male may be or the husband may be a little more detached. So one thing I love about my relationship with Ryan is that we're open books. We both talk candidly. We both share he doesn't give me an allowance. Like that just doesn't happen. I mean, we we both respect each other and trust that each other has the best interest in mind. But I know for a lot of couples out there, if they don't have that intimacy piece, they can never even get to those conversations. No, they can't. And what, what um, guys, you said a lot of good stuff right there. I think about, and what I tell women a lot is that you were a me before you were a we. And so the self-respect is understanding who I am yeah. and what I bring to the table and what I don't. And then coming to your significant other with saying, you know, this is what I got. You mm-hmm. know, this is who I am. And I'm asking self-respect with respect for this. So I think it's real important that women, especially, that we remember that you were a we before you were married, before you had kids before any of that. And and so taking care of you is really important and asking for what you need with regard to finances, 
intimacy, anything in life is really important. And that's not an easy task. It is no. not. And I am fully aware as I'm saying it, it's just maybe a simple concept. It is not easy. And it's really about advocating, mm-hmm. advocating for you and your spouse that you're starts with you advocating for you because That's like you so said good. you and ryan are y'all are independent people but mm-hmm. because you created this open conversation it's mm-hmm. the respect that y'all have for yourself right that brings the respect for each other right that i this is it's a gift and it's yeah. work it's hard work it's hard work. You got that right. I mean, that's the one piece they don't tell in, in any area. Intimacy, finances, there's work involved. It's what, right? There's work involved. I have to, to tell you, I happened. had this... Right. I had this conversation a few weeks ago with a, a client who she actually reached out, but just recently had gotten married and brought all this debt into the marriage. And so, but he he didn't know about it yet. He hadn't told her. And she said, can you help me? And I can remember my thought at first was like, well, of course I can help you. I mean, it's what I do. But then I thought to myself, but wait, what I really want to speak to is the breakdown of why wouldn't you share that? You just married this guy, right? But Cindy, I'm sure there's so many people and so many women out there Mm -hmm. who are sitting here listening to this and they've got what I call the dirty little secret. It is. There's so many dirty little secrets with intimacy and finances that we don't talk about at all. And it, it, it is a silent killer. And that story is, it's just, there are so many more stories I would imagine like that. And yeah. uh, in this day and age, we just don't talk about, I just, there's so much fear, underlying fear and anxiety with yeah. the world today and where we are. And I think that can, I sound really, it feels really depressive, but uh, I'll have to laugh in a second. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, I forget what I was saying. The truth is, is that because of the world that we live in, we have to do it even more. Mm-hmm. And that's not easy. intentional. It's, yes, yes. Intentionality is so important. It's one of my favorite words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. me too. And I think too, asking permission, one of the things I've really tried to practice before I go into a heavy conversation, whether it's about intimacy or finances is, hey, I really need to get your permission. Can I share with you something right now? Like, do you, are you in a space to where you can receive it? Because, you know, if you, if you know, going into a conversation, I say about debt, you would say about intimacy on your side. If we know we're entering into a conversation that could turn to where it's a little bit combative, right? I want to make sure I have permission to enter that. Exactly. It is not for men and women to just boldly, like bluntly, and we do it subconsciously. It is so subconscious. It just comes out. So you have to intentionally, to use your word, ask for permission. And is this a good time? Because you don't know what kind of day your spouse has had, what kind of day you've had. So to ask permission is key. Um, and if it's not a good time, I, I like to use the words high courage conversation. Uh, I don't I know if like you've ever heard it. Love that. I was at a leadership summit that I was at and I was taught, it's just stuck with me to say, you know, Amber, I'm really nervous and I want to talk to you um, about this. And this is a high courage conversation. And I'm, will you hear me? You know, is this a good time? Yeah. Um, because my intention is, my intention is for us so the po- people can't get defensive. One, it's harder for them to get defensive when I can go into it like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and with just the fear of the response too, you know? I just... You're putting yourself out there. 
Right. You're putting yourself out there, but I like that high courage. What is that high courage? High courage conversation. I mean, I'm sorry, but I think I almost need a t-shirt that says that. That's good. Yeah, I do too. You make one for both of us. Yeah, it's a great t-shirt. So now as you're kind of like starting to enter more into opening up these conversations with people with debt who are struggling, what do you foresee like How do you foresee those conversations going based on all your years of experience with being able to go into a room and create these conversations and open spaces and vulnerable conversations for people? How how receptive or or what's your approach you think to really tap into where people are financially? Well, we've already started. We've discussed some of it. Yeah. But first of of all, I'm I'm Cindy Faulkner as a person. And as a person... I take, it's, it's an honor for me because mm-hmm. I have had, and I continue to have, we will all will have to have the discipline of relationship with money, but yeah. I've had my own relationship with debt. So the mm-hmm. vulnerability piece for me and hopefully bring about another person, I don't take it lightly. Yeah. You, you, I, I don't, totally. and I don't think any, yeah, I do not take it lightly. And so I am honored to be able to be on the receiving end of talking with people and actively listening to their story, and hopefully allowing them to know that there is no shame, there's no judgment, there's no guilt, um, and that debt is, it is a silent killer. Right. And and something that I love doing, which you already know, is, yeah. is sitting with people in those hard spaces. And that's something I've worked, at, worked on for years. It's been really important to me, and it's been intentional. Um, so I'm just excited. I'm so excited for this opportunity. Thank you. Yeah, um, and I'm I'm nervous and excited at the same time, and now we say that's a great place to be. Yeah, well, and especially too, you know, I I had a podcast I recorded, and I was telling her, I said, you know, I think what makes it so great is that people like yourself, and you're the same way, Cindy, as the previous person I was talking to, is that you use your own personal journey and story, and you actually use it and share it without fear of response. But what that does in return is create the spaces for people to openly share with you because they can relate with you, right? And that's always been so important to me is it doesn't matter where I'm headed or what I do in life. I always want people to know where I came from. And so it's important that they know I I put on my pants the same way. I experienced credit card debt. Oh, and P.S. I ended up filing bankruptcy. So mine looked a lot worse, right? Because then it's just like, hey, it's okay. They're you know what? You can recover from it. There is no shame or guilt around it. Just walk through it because it's on that other side where the blessing's going to be. And even watching your story from afar and even, you know, the physical, the stress that you were under for so long and how you've overcome it just speaks volumes. It's encouraging. It's inspiring to other people. And I just feel like now you're going to walk away from being able to walk into a room and leave people like they just dumped off the biggest backpack of their life. Because they're waiting, right? Because I've had that same backpack and to know that I can just be a small snippet of help. Um, it's just, it's gratifying it for, for Cindy. But, but if I know that we can do that, not just me, but you can, we can do that for them. Yeah. And just open a door to this mm-hmm. journey. Yes. And they know they can look back and go, you know what? I, I'm not alone. Yeah, And sometimes it's just being able to sit there and know that you're not alone in something. And nobody, right. I mean, it doesn't matter who you are, if you're listening to this podcast, you're not alone. Right. Um, and I, there's something that's just a strong words. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. 
They are strong words. They seem simple, but they're strong. And if you can say them to the right person at the right time, it'll change the trajectory of their entire life. And that's what I've realized. We don't realize the power of our words and coming alongside of someone when they're at their lowest lows. And I know similar to what I've had in my life, I call it the one day, right? Anytime I have a listener on here, we've all had those one days where everything's going to change for us in some way, shape or form. One day changed my financial future. The mortgage industry decided they were not lending money in the year 2008. They literally had five closings lined up. Ryan and I were sitting at our desk and I can still remember where I was when we got the phone call that literally said in that one day, none of your closings are going to happen. And I'm thinking, well, that's impossible. I mean, that's impossible. And it wasn't. And so at that moment, everything changed in my life. And so for you, would you say that you've ever had one of those days to where everything changed for you? And if so, what did that look like? I would, my tendency is to react instead of respond. So and the good part of that is you're going with the first thing that said, but what comes to mind immediately is I've had several of those days for different and different seasons of my life. Mm-hmm. And as a believer, um, and I'm a human, like, as Cindy Faulkner, but also as a believer, you question yeah. God a lot. Yeah. And um, I've had a lot of that. I would say one of the one of the biggest days recently is is when you and I had the conversation that we had. Mm-hmm. It was a confirmation for me um, as to what I've gone through. And it's not about that in the last year, a lot of loss. And um, to someone come alongside and say, I've been watching you for years. And mm-hmm. it was kind of, not kind of, I know it was my breakthrough, which is the mm-hmm. word you use when we were discussing. Yeah. And to be able to step into this new arena, it's a big for me. Like, mm-hmm. um, it's a it's a high calling. Yeah. But you're going to do amazing at it. I just Thank know Thank you. It. I, I have watched you. you for so many years, both you and your sister. I just have to just give a small little... Uh, little insert here because, you know, not many people can pull off what the two of you did, which tells me it runs in your DNA. This is not something that just magically just two out of three children are like this. I'm sure the third, your other sister, Rebecca, is just like it. But you and Amy, I've watched for so long rise to the top of corporations and lead and train people in a manner that I've never seen anybody else do. And I've always said from afar, one day. Like, I don't know why. It's always, I could see it so clearly. Like those two I'm going to have on my team in some way, shape or form. Insert, that's who I would want to represent. And then when it worked out to where I just happened to be in Chattanooga and connect with you, like what a God ordained moment. We had dinner, left and communicated. So I can't even tell you what an honor it is to even be having this conversation, but also to see your excitement. And you know, it takes me back as a kid, and I know you'll remember this from Sunday school, where we used to sing that song, Jesus, Others, and You, What a Wonderful Way to Spell Joy. Do you remember that? Right. Okay. So I say that only because, you know, in this season, for me, the word that I've been given was, look, Amber, walk away from corporate, walk away from everything you know, and I just want you to help people. And so me being an eight, eights are not helpers. I mean, we like to advocate, but it's not not necessarily caregivers, right? That's not our gifting. But I'll tell you, it's been a stretch. And I think that for me, what I've learned in it is that to my core, as a Christian and as a female and as someone who's been highly successful in business, there still is no greater joy than to help others, right? Like it's Jesus first, others, 
and then yourself. And I think with doing what we're doing now with approaching people and opening up spaces for people to share about what they're experiencing financially, to me, there's no greater gift than to change the trajectory of a family by by cleaning this up or stopping the generational curses that they've experienced for so long around their finances. What you don't know. Right. You don't know what you don't know. And there's such an enlightenment when you get the, the, this type of education from the podcast, from the clarity calls. Um, it's it's very enlightening and it is a safe place. And yeah. so that's the wonderful part about it. And, and a lot of people will just, you know, like you say, the Austin's, they just go in and they'll ignore it all it, and won't right. look at it. And, and if you're listening and that's you, then boo, you ain't alone. Well, We're doing it. People are doing it. You know what I'm saying? Right. But, but, but taking that step first step forward, which is, is fear can be fearful and just saying, I'm just going to, I'm just going to book a 15 minute clarity call. That's what I'm yeah. going to do. It's all I have yeah. to do. It's the it's next free. step. Yeah. yeah. Progress is progress. No matter how small making right. a 15 minute phone call, not hard. Yeah. And that's really what I want to leave. Yeah. No, it's so good. And that's what I want to leave people with today that, you know, if you find yourself listening to this podcast and you have so many things going through your head and you're thinking about your finances 75% of the day, book a call with someone, with one of us on the team. Because, you know, once we actually can hear your specific situation, one, I'm sure you have a hardship. And that hardship is what's going to allow us to curate the best possible roadmap to your financial freedom. So it's going to take you from where you are pulling your head out of the sand, right? The ostrich. And it's going to lead you to building wealth, which is what we love to do best. So I just want to thank you again, Cindy, for being here. I'm so excited about this next season for you. And I do believe and know you're going to impact so many people in the future. I'm excited. All right. We'll talk soon. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye. Bye.